Amen. Well, God is good. No matter what's going on, God is good. Just before we get into the Word today, I just want to share a little something that I watched on uh, the Victory Channel the other day that was really, really eye-opening. Parents, families to really listen to. If you want to see, it's, uh, it's about an hour long. It was on the Victory Channel 9822, so just a few days ago. You would go to govictory.com, govictory.com, and then look for the special flap, Flashpoint presentation. In 1962-1963, a Republican-based Supreme Court basically said children were not allowed to pray in school anymore. And that started the roller coaster of all different things. But that's the big one that came out. Since that point, 41, you know, they say follow the science, right? They've had, what, 62, 72, 92, 50, 60 years now to look at the graph. Since that point, our nation has gone down in anything that should be good and up in everything that should be bad. 41 different graphs. Murders in school, SAT scores down, on and on and on. And all these children prayed was this little prayer. Listen to this. Almighty God, we acknowledge our dependence upon thee, and we beg thy blessing upon us, our parents, our teachers, and our country. That was it. That was this horrible thing for our children to say. Now, is God causing that? I think we're wise enough to know what happens is when we say, God, we don't watch you, he steps back. And when God steps back, interesting book, I just started reading Jonathan Kahn's new book, The Return of the Gods, and explaining that Jesus said, you know, when a demon is cast out of a person, if it's not filled up, what happens? Seven more demons come. He says, what about nations? What about nations? We're killing babies. We're killing our children, letting drugs in our nation, on and on. John F. Kennedy was a Democrat, right? He said, listen, we have a constitution, so we need to obey it because of the different branches of government. But I have a remedy, he says. Parents, pray with your children at home. And that's wise. That's a lot wiser than saying, we're going to pack the court. How dare they take abortion? <laughs> what a different day and age we're living in, church family. Our forefathers were extremely wise setting up three separate branches of government to try to balance these out, and they're trying to get rid of that. But it all started right here, 1962-63. Look at the presentation. They only give you about four or five different graphs, but you can check it out and get the drift of how important prayer is, but how important it is to keep God in our culture no matter how bad things are getting. Amen? And I agree with Scott. Me and Scott are on the same page. My brother over here, we're on the same page. We know what's going on. We're looking up, amen? We're living at warp speed days. Even uh, King Charles right now is another globalist that went to Swab's school, so they got another piece of the puzzle all put together. We know what's happening, but our eyes are looking up, amen? And I know some of you are going to say, my neck is hurting from looking up. And I've been looking up since the late great planet Earth, guys. So I, I get it. I get it. But one day, when that trumpet sounds, 
It's going to be a glorious day. Amen? So I encourage you again, if you want to write it down, it's 9822, the Victory Channel. It's on all platforms. GoVictory.com if you want to get it on your phone or smart TV or whatever. Look for Flashpoint. Flashpoint is on every Tuesday and Thursday. Look for the last Thursday and then the special one that they did. And it's really quite an eye-opening thing. And they, they have a big uh, part in there about Marilyn O'Hare. You remember her? Mar Mar Marilyn Murray O'Hare. They, some of her little speeches and what she did to get prayer out of school and stuff like that. But anyway, God is on the throne. Jesus is the captain of our salvation. We're still living in this mess, but we know we're going home. Amen? I'm just trying to encourage you, parents. That little prayer kept something right in our nation. So pray that prayer with your children. I mean, what a, what a sweet prayer. If you want to write it down. Almighty God, we acknowledge our dependence upon thee, and we beg thy blessings upon our parents, our teacher, and our country. And for us Christians, I would put... In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen? All right, let's get into the word today. Father, we bless you and thank you again for the goodness of your word. Your word does not return void. And Father, as my brother Jim prayed before in John, I truly believe you are doing something. And so many people are waiting for a great awakening that's going to happen, a great revival. I see it already, Lord. I see things in our nation on the good end that we never thought we would see. Churches that are exploding, things that are happening all over, the internet being used mightily. I see great men of God out there preaching and, and having a million hits at the bottom. So I know things are happening. I think we're in the revival right now, Lord. But Lord, we can constantly look to the negative and not see what you're doing in the spirit. So we're going to look at the spirit, Lord, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say, Amen. all right, then I'll take that you agree with that prayer. Amen. Do you go with me to Matthew chapter 6? Last week, we started a new series called Little is Big. Everybody say that. Little is big. We're looking at things that are small in size, but have a big effect on our lives, and it can be for the good, or it can be for the bad. Last week, we began with the tongue, hung by the tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and you're going to eat what comes out of your mouth. Amen? And we saw that the tongue may be very small, a very small part of our members of our body, yet it sets in motion, and it even determines your eternity. Think about that. What does it say in Romans chapter 10, Verse 9 and 10, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So there is a confession, there is a saying unto salvation. Amen? Amen. All right. This week we're going to go a little different direction. I want to look at consider the birds. Everybody say the birds. Little by little, there'll be lots of them will be going away. And I'm going to take this from the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to begin in Matthew chapter 6 and begin with verse 25. 625, we're going to start off with the New King James. Can we read this whole thing together? We're going to read 625 through 34, New King James, and then we'll, we'll dig into it. Sound good? Let's begin, like we did last week. Ready? Therefore, I say to you all together, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, 
what you will drink or about your body, what you would put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds. King James says, consider the birds. Look at the birds of the year, for they neither, come on, keep going, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are we not of more value than they? Which of us, by worrying, can add one cubic to his statues? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Verse 29, come on. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arraigned like one of these. Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O me of little faith? Therefore, come on, say it with me. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own thing. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And I can get an amen on that. Each day has got enough agita. I don't need to worry about two weeks from now, amen? So what we see in these beautiful words of our Jesus is him telling us about a God, a Father who loves us dearly. And that if he would take care of little birds, he wants to take care of us little birds too. Us little people too, amen? We don't serve a God who's up in heaven, you know, stamping on us. We serve a God who gave us his picture of who he is in Jesus Christ. Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Jesus gave his life. Jesus said, don't worry about anything. Almost sounds impossible, doesn't it, church family? Impractical. You're not living on planet Earth. Oh, yes, he is. He lived here. He was tempted in every form just like we are. In Psalm 37, it kind of goes with this because we're going to see the statement, do not worry three times in these scriptures we go with it. In Psalm 37, he says, verse 1, do not fret. Verse 7, do not fret. Verse 8, do not fret. So even in the Old Testament, he's telling us, don't fret. Don't worry. So let's go ahead and pick this up. Therefore, I say to you, verse 25, do not worry. Put a one next to it because he's going to say it three times in this portion of scripture. Do not worry. Come on, say it with me. Do not worry. Some of you are saying, if I don't worry, what am I going to do? <laughs> do not worry. And listen, when life brings things against us, it's a battle of the mind, amen? Just like many books have been written on that subject. It's a battle of the mind. What am I going to think about? I get a bad report from the doctor. What am I going to think about? The, the bills need to be paid. What am I going to think about? And we say it like this. Does worry change anything? No. no. It, it, yeah, you know what? It could. It can give you an ulcer. It can make you even more sick. So he says here, do not worry about your life. 
what we're going to eat or what we're going to drink, nor about our bodies, what we're going to put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? I think what Jesus said, he said the flesh profits nothing. And he's not trying to say there's no importance to the flesh. What he's trying to say is keep that eternal perspective. Understand that we get this flesh for a very short period of time. We should take care of it. We should do what we need to do to give it as long as we can. But eventually this, this flesh is going to wear out. I say it like this. This flesh has an expiration date. Come on, talk to me. My spirit and soul is eternal. This is the promise that he promises us, eternal life. Any of our loved ones in Christ that have passed on are already enjoying the eternal life. And one of the songs we sang today, Charity Gale, she has another one that's called The Throne Room. And in The Throne Room, she says, basically, I look forward to going to them that are already worshiping around the throne and worshiping together. And one day, we're going to be able to do that. Amen? So again, take no thought, King James, or do not worry, New King James, comes from the Greek word mera, moa, whichever, which means fretting, anxiety, worry, burdens, or cares. Five different things. How many here got a hundred on all, you know, got all five of them? Let me say them again. Fretting, anxious, worried, oh my, what's going to happen? Burden and cares. And we all battle it. I don't stand up here as no Superman. I pray as a pastor. I've never stood up here and said, I don't have a care in the world. Things come against me like they come against anyone else. We're all in the same boat together, amen? And we're all learning. We all are different places. Some have more faith in this area. Some have more faith for healing. Some have more faith for, for finances, more peace, on and on. We're all in this together, and that's why we need one another. And that's why I believe our Lord said, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together, especially as the day draws near. I read this the other day. The average person crucifies himself between two thieves. Number one, the regrets of yesterday, and number two, the worries of tomorrow. Is that good? The regrets of yesterday and the worries of tomorrow. Jesus is not saying in these words, do not care about eating or drinking or getting dressed. Amen? What he is saying is that we spend too much time worrying about these earthly things and not enough time thinking about eternal things. He wants us to be blessed, he, but he always wants us to remember that there is so much more to life than just what we own. I was listening to a little uh, audio book co come in the church this morning, and he brought out the story about a man who said, I'm going to work hard so I can, you know, get a good amount of money so that I can re retire at ease. And he did. He became successful in his field. He, 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 he prospered and all that, working 70 hours a week, yada, 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 yada. And then he died of a heart attack. Yeah. I guess his kids enjoyed it. And I'm not trying to say we should leave our children a, a good inheritance. I got nothing against that. But what I'm trying to say is 
Put things in perspective. This life is but a vapor. And it really is, church family. As you get older, you just go, where did those 10 years go? Where did those 20 years? You don't even have to get older. Even you that are 30 and 20 and whatnot. It's just like time just, it goes so slow so fast. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Here we are, 2022. You blink your eyes, it'll be 2030. And you know, by 2035, you better get rid of your gas car, you know, because you're going to have everything solved. Amen? If we make it that far, amen. Go to first, hold your place there. We're going to keep going back. But look how Peter brings this out. Go to first Peter chapter five. First Peter chapter five and verse seven. God is good. Amen. If the boss, Abba, daddy tells us not to worry, then maybe he's watching the sea for those that aren't worrying to say, they took me at my word got quiet in here, Diane. That's okay. 1 Peter 5, 7. Everyone there? Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Is that beautiful? Yeah, it's kind of vague. You know, casting all your cares. That word casting there means to literally throw it down, get it and throw it down. Now watch how the Amplified Version brings this out. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all. <laughs> On him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Isn't that beautiful? He cares about me, little Tom Fiola, affectionately. How do I know that? Because he cares for the sparrow. He cares for the sparrow, the little sparrows that fly around. He cares for them. You notice how they get fed? Sometimes you see them on the side of the road. What are you guys even eating there? I don't see anything. During the summer months, during my walk, turkeys, a flock of turkeys was there for about a month. And they're just, I could go spread that grass. I won't find the food there. And the turkeys get pretty fat. And all they're eating is, I don't know what they're eating, to be honest with you. <laughs> Bugs, ticks, I, I don't know. But they're just do 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 And God takes care of the little sparrow. Yeah. My wife feeds the little hummingbirds. You ever see them little buggers? Yeah. Man, they just, they're like this, this big, so small. And God feeds them. How does he feed them? My wife feeds them. <laughs> And other houses that are there. Now, I don't know if all that sugar is good for them, but they feed them, right? Now, look, let's look at Paul. Look what Paul says. Go over to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Ready? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And I can almost put a word here. Then the peace of God, which surpasseth all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus, your heart and your mind. Now, I love the way the NLT brings this out because it's almost like four steps. Ready? NLT, can we put that one up there? New Living Translation. Ready? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. Four little steps. Don't worry. 
Pray. Tell God. Thank him for all he has done. Then, it's like I said with the last one, right? You will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Oh God, my children are going to serve the devil. Stop it. Go back to last week's message. You're hung by your tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. If you weren't here Wednesday night, listen to, to Scott Ripley's message. It was so powerful. Call your children what you want to see in them. Say what you believe you want to see in them. And if people think you're crazy, so what? So what? Bless your children, parents. Speak life over your children. Anoint your children with your words. Look at this in the Amplified version, and then we'll go, go back. Amplified. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance. Anybody got a few circumstances today? All right? And in everything, by what? Prayer and petition, which are our definite requests, with thanksgiving, there is something about thanksgiving. Did you thank God that when they found that, that cancer or that sickness, that it didn't spread? Did you remember that? Or did you just hang with, and oh, I can't believe what I just went through. Did you thank God that all of a sudden that bill got paid, that all the bills were paid last month? Did you thank God that you had gas for the car? You know, you understand what I'm trying to say. Did you take time to just say, thank you? I love blessing people, but I also like to hear a thank you. Especially children and, and, and family, amen? Thank you. Just say, thank you. That, that's all. That's all. That, that's all, right? Continue to make your wants known to God, and God's peace shall be yours. Listen to this. That tranquil state of soul assured of its salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison, mount guard over your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. God cares about our physical needs, our physical stuff. Everybody say stuff. Remember, we know a U-Haul will never find, follow a hearse, right? We, we understand that. Because he wants us, but he wants us to have that eternal mindset. But let me show you that he wants to take care of us in this life. 3 John chapter 1, verse, verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Well, wouldn't you think that's talking about bodily health? Yes or no? There's no doubt that's what he's talking about. And wouldn't you think he's talking about prospering in this life, having enough for the needs of ourselves, our family, and having some reserve to bless someone else? Amen? But it's that keeping of an, an eternal heart, setting our affection on things above. I read this story the other day. I thought it was pretty good. I like the story I read of three men who died, and they were waiting to, to be received entrance through the pearly gates. Now, I don't know if there's pearly gates or not like this, so it's a joke. All right. 
The first man said to St. Peter, and I don't know if St. Peter's going to be the one at the pearly gates. I'm kind of messing this joke up, ain't I? All right, let's start from the beginning. All right, here we go. The first man said to St. Peter, I was a preacher of the gospel, serving faithfully for 50 years. Peter told him to step aside for further consideration. The second man said, I was also a preacher of the gospel. I served my church faithfully for 40 years. Peter told him to step aside for further consideration. The third man stepped up and he said, I was not a minister, just a government worker with the Eternal Revenue Service for six months. Peter told him to step right on in. The first preacher objected. Why does he get to go in before us two preachers? Peter said, the truth is, in six months, this IRS agent scared the devil out of more people than either of you did in your lifetime. <laughs> Keep that eternal perspective, amen? Church family, we tend to worry about things that have no eternal significance at all. And that is what Jesus is trying to get across to us. For some reason, and look, I'm not putting down aging, but for some reason we think we have to live to this old ripe age. I would rather do more in the years that I have than live all these years and not do anything for the kingdom of God. I know people that have lived less years and have done more for the kingdom of God than people that have lived to 80, 90, and 100 years old that did nothing for the kingdom of God. Amen? Now look, with long life he satisfies us. Go for it. Go for the gusto. Go for as much as you want that you can go for. Amen? I don't believe God's got a little ticky-tocky up there and says, Scott, your date is this, and, and, and Diane, your date is this. I believe we go for, for whatever we can we go for. Amen? But when it's done, go home. You're going to be walking on streets of gold, rejoicing with family members that have gone ahead of you. Can I get an amen? Amen. We don't put the other things down, but we need to put the kingdom of God first. When we put the things of his kingdom first, worries and cares seem to go away. We remember the story of Mary and Martha, right? Mary and Martha. Mary sat at Jesus' feet. That's verse 39. And she had a sister called Mary, who, that's Luke 10, 39, who sat at Jesus' feet and listened to his word. That's all she did. She listened to his word. Can you imagine that? Martha says, Lord, talk to her. But this is interesting because the scripture says Martha was distracted with much serving. If distraction is a sin, I got it huge, guys. Is there anyone that can join me today? I got it huge and I fight it. I say, Tom, you don't have to do that right now. I put a piece of paper next to me and I write it down and I get distracted because I'm writing it down. The mind wanders. You go back and forth. But here Jesus said to her, you are distracted with much serving. So she approached the Lord. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, you tell her, 
help me. You know, so tell the other, you talk to that person. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, when the Lord says your name twice, listen up, listen up. You are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. One thing. Come on, everybody, put up one finger. This finger, please, this finger. This finger, there. One thing. One, one thing. One thing. One thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, and I'll not take it away from her. Hudson Taylor, one of the great missionaries of, of our, our, our time, before our time, it was when he finally learned that he needed to abide in the vine that his ministry totally changed. Lord, as we talked about wisdom last month, give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation. That does not mean I'm not going to take care of my kids, take care of my wife, take care of our church. What that means is God is first. God is first. Me and Diane were talking yesterday, a just beautiful day yesterday, and we really just brought out that what is really the number one job we have? It's to know him. The Apostle Paul, it's second or third chapter of Philippians, said, everything else is but dumb, but that I might know him. Now, there's a man that served God like no other man ever served God, amen? But yet he still said the number one thing in this life is to know God. Wow. So let's continue. Go back to Matthew chapter 6, verse 26 is what we're up to. Look at the birds of the air. Come on. When you guys go home today, look at the birds. I never see any birds. And put a hummingbird feeder outside. You'll see birds. But at least their little poopies are little, so it's okay. Compare them big birds. That look. Anyway. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Listen, church family, everything in creation teaches us a lesson about Almighty God, about his power, about his wisdom and about his care. The birds are such a little thing, so small, compared to all of God's majesty. But yet God's majesty takes care of it all. Everything we have in this world and universe is because of his majesty. In Psalm 19.1, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament show his handiwork. The universe is God's handiwork. That's mind-boggling, guys. And then Romans chapter 1, if you want to see this, Paul's bringing out why every person that stands before God will not be able to say, I didn't know. Because all of creation says, I'm here. I'm here. Now on to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. Be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. In verse 20, Paul, I mean, the, the whole chapter is an indictment towards mankind. But here he says, for since the creation of the world, 
His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and his Godhead, so that man is without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Now look at this next part. And the accusation towards mankind and the sin that we're seeing in our culture today, he says, nor were they thankful. Are we thankful when we're eating our meal? Listen, we've ordered little things of sugar for our coffee department over here. Two times we've ordered. Can't get it. Can't get it. These shortages are crazy, amen? But what we're doing is we're thanking him, and he'll take care of all of our needs. Amen. amen? All of our needs. Look at it. It says, nor were they thankful, but they came futile in their thoughts, and foolish, their foolish hearts were darkened. When you stop thanking God and when you start saying this came from monkeys and this came from everything, God says, just like taking prayer out of school, God said, you're on your own. And all of a sudden, man with man, girl with girl, change the bodies, everything else that we're seeing in this crazy culture. Can I get an amen? Amen. Yet he tells us to consider the birds. Even though all this majesty is there, he's saying, look at the birds. Watch how they work. They don't have big barns. Yet God takes care of them. Listen to this little poem, little, little poem. Said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious humans being rushed about and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, Friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. He takes care of the little birds. The little birds in the poem are trusting God to take care of them, and we are to trust God also. Are you not much better than they? Christians, brothers, sisters, church family, we have a heavenly father, but sometimes we forget that. We have a heavenly father, but sometimes we forget that we have a heavenly Father. Oh, we know there's God, but we have a heavenly Father. My mom and dad told me that when I was a little kid, I cried a lot. I don't know what they call that nowadays. I got a name for everything nowadays. But you know what? My mom and dad still took care of me. What are you trying to say? God takes care of us brats too? Joey, boy, that was a quick, yes, he does. <laughs> he takes care of all of us. He loves us. He knows your makeup. He knows how, not this makeup, how your makeup, he knows that makeup too, amen. <laughs> Christians, we have a heavenly father. And sometimes we forget what he wants to do for us. We are to trust him with our lives. I love this scripture as I'm getting older, I don't know if I gave it to them upstairs. It's Isaiah 46, 4. He says, even to your old age, I am he. And even to gray hair, I will carry you. I have made you and I will bear you. Even I will carry and will deliver you. 
What a beautiful word. What a word of comfort as you're getting older. Amen. Okay, verse 27, we're almost done here. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubic to a statue? A cubic is approximately 18 inches. Statue is our height. So can we grow any taller by worrying? No. Verse 28. So why do you worry about clothing? Now he's going to change. Here we go. Consider the lilies. Now I know we're coming to the end of our season. Fall flowers are coming out. Can I, can I just do this real quick? Have some of you seen the gardens that this team... Karen over there, Ray, and this team, we give you guys a rah-rah. Man, I'd like to take her home and have her do that to my, my, my front. My goodness. Makes it look so beautiful. The colors, the richness of God. And here he says, think about the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't toil. They don't worry. They don't spin. And yet I say to you, watch this. He's going to talk about the richest man that ever lived on planet Earth, even Solomon in all of his glory. Yesterday, I, I, I went on to the internet there and I watched them proclaiming Charles, King of England, and there they are all dressed up in their royalty and, and all that. And that doesn't compare to how beautiful a lily looks, how beautiful a rose looks, how beautiful a, a you know, daffodil, whatever, whatever kind of flower you like. Look, here he says, even Solomon in all of his glory was not a rain like one of these. Now, if God so clothed the grass of the field, do you ever thank God for that grass? It's like a big carpet out there. So beautiful. Thank God for it. Wish you'd come down here and cut it for me. Come on. I did a little video. I was outside just doing a little video, and I sent it over to Daniel in New Mexico, and he goes, oh, the sea green again. Because it's all barren out there. And it's, that has its own beauty to it too. But there's something about the beautiful grass we have, right? And which is today is here, tomorrow is thrown into the oven. Will he not take care of, uh, clothe you, oh ye of little faith? Wow, it's almost like one of these. Boom, 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 boom. That's not nice. That's what he said to us. Here's number two, ready? Therefore, do not worry. Come on, underline, second time he said it. Saying, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Wow. So he's saying, I don't have to go through life fully stressed out and all that, that God will take care of me. Yes. Number three, ready? Therefore, say it with me now. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own thing. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Check out this little story. A businessman ran into a friend of a stockbroker who had always had problems with ulcers and high blood pressure. How's your health? The man asked his stockbroker friend. Great. My ulcers are gone and I don't have a worry in the world. The man asked, how'd that happen? The stockbroker said, it's easy. I hired a professional worrier. 
Whenever something comes along that I need to worry about, I tell him about it, and he does all the worrying for me. The businessman couldn't believe it. That's incredible. I'd be interested in something like that. How much does it cost? The stockbroker said he charges $100,000 a year. The businessman said, how in the world can you afford to pay him $100,000 a year? The stockbroker said, I don't know. I let him worry about it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Matthew chapter 11, last scripture today. Matthew chapter 11. Oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> Some of you, I hear you laughing now. Would you just get that? <laughs> I'm just playing with you. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, the words of our Jesus. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is from the New King James first, and I'll read the Amplified. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. This is our creator talking to us. Can you catch these words? and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You know, I look at Dan Perota outside, in the rain, all that, doing all this stuff, and he's got such joy on his face. That's what it's about. It's still serving God, but you have joy. It's just joy to serve him. Now, now watch how the Amplified Classic says this. So good. Same verses. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your soul. Wow. Take my yoke. You know, sometimes I worry about how to pray. You ever think how crazy this is? And here he's just saying, you don't know what to say? Relax. Yes. Just love me. Because yeah. so many people say, I don't know what to say in prayer. Don't say anything. Just say, I love you, Lord. Yeah. Use your prayer language. Pray in tongues. I love you, Lord. Yeah. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am gentle, meek, humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief, ease, and refreshment, and recreation, and blessed quietness for your soul. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, not hard, sharp, or pressing, but it's comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. And my burden is light and easy to bear. You know what, just real quick, let me just give you a paraphrase on this. This is the Message Bible. I think he does such a great job on this verse. Ready? Verse 28. It won't be on the screen, so just follow. Are you tired? Worn out? Anybody? Are you burned out on religion? My neck is hurting, Lord, from looking up. Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. How many want a real rest? I don't mean wake up in the morning, and the first thought in your mind is, what am I going to do with my son? What am I going to do with my daughter? You know, my grandkids are getting bigger now, and it's a, it's a strange culture out there, guys. So now your heart is burdened for them, and walk with me and work with me. 
Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythm of grace. I won't let anything heavy or ill will on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live life. You'll learn to live freely and lightly. Church family, as I preach messages like this, and I go like this in preaching, these are all pointing right back at me. Because I want this in my own life. I want a life where I can just say, God, I don't know what to do, but you'll take care of this for me. You'll help me. And that doesn't mean I do something stupid. It just means I don't get all fried out. I trust God. He's going to take care of my Ileana, Marcello, my Nate, my John, my, my Annabelle, my Abigail, my, my, my Ben, my Isabella, my Anastasia. He's going to take care of them. He's going to take care of my daughter and son in North Carolina, daughter-in-law and son in New Mexico, my son-in-law here in Jersey. He's going to take care of them. He's going to take care of us no matter what they try to do to us. Amen? Church family, therefore, do not worry. Amen. Little bird, look what big thing Jesus wants to do for us. So today I want you to consider the bird. And when the sky clears out, Wednesday, I think it's supposed to get clear again, consider the heavens that he made for us. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Father, we love you, and I thank you for this very, to me, a very sweet message, Lord, that you put on my heart, just to know that you care. Because sometimes this life hurts, Lord, it hurts. We've seen friends, I think of my friend Keith, up here, Lord, that just passed away his anniversary, just a guy, a guy that loved you. You miss these people on this earth, Lord. And as a pastor or involved with a church family, we see a lot more deaths and stuff than people that just kind of have a narrow field. But we also see more weddings. We also see more children born. We also see some glorious things, Lord. But you told us not to worry. You said one day we're going to be paid greatly for what we went through in this life. But you want us to, even in this life, to know that no matter how bad things get out there, you'll take care of us. You'll take care of us. Anybody, with everybody's eyes closed, need me, need me to just pray for you real quickly to just get some of this worry off of you. Just, just put your hand up. Don't be afraid. Nobody's looking right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, I lift up these precious brothers and sisters. We're all in the same boat together. We worry for our children. We worry for our taxes that might be coming up, school and this and that, Lord. Our jobs, uh, you know, people against us, people for us, all this stuff, Lord. But Lord, we cast our care. We throw it down on you right now, Lord. We ask, Lord, that when these worries come, that we could say, thank you for helping us, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for showing me the way out of this, this mess. You said that there's no, no thing that comes our life that you don't have an escape plan already set in place for us, Lord. So we thank you. I pray for my beautiful brothers and sisters, my church family, Lord. I pray this blessing on them. In Jesus' name, amen. As we wrap up now, if you, if you have not asked Jesus into your heart, there should be a lot of worry there. 
Eternity is coming quick for all of us. If you have never asked Jesus into your heart, you'd like to make that decision, pray this prayer with me. We'll all say it together to help you. Say this with me. Dear God in heaven, I believe today that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross, that he rose on the third day. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you. I repent of my sins. Thank you for forgiving me. Today, come on, say it with me. Today, I am born again because I believe on Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If you're praying that prayer today, we want to say congratulations. We got a little gift we'd like to give you before you leave. There's no charge for it. We'll not ask you to stand. We'll not ask you to come to the front. But one of our altar workers will bring it to you. Little package to help get you started. If you don't have a Bible, little card in there. Take it to our bookstore. It'll give you a free New Testament. Just want to help you get started on your race today. So if you're receiving Jesus for the very first time, rededicating your life, or you're just not sure, but you would still like this gift before you leave, then with no one looking around, this is between you, Almighty God, myself, and one altar worker. Just slip your hand up high, let them see it, and they'll put it right in your hand. This is our free gift to you. Today is the day of salvation. Thank you for that hand there. Today is the day of salvation. Don't look for tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow brings. Look for it right now. If that's you, Join this one today. Just slip your hand up high. Just slip your hand up high. All right, the Bible says when a person gets born again, the angels rejoice. Let's rejoice. Let's close in prayer. There is coffee out there and there is sugar out there for you. Probably she'd use less of it, but it's out there. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for your grace. We lift up the next service. We lift up those that are online. We pray and thank you for your goodness, Lord. Now, Lord, we thank you for this day, and we thank you that you have made us the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, that in all our ways and endeavors that we are greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved, that we are blessed to go be a blessing. Be a blessing, church family. Have a great day. See you Wednesday night online.